Are there things you would swear you can't do? Maybe you've made a statement like this. I'm not the kind of person who, or ain't nobody got time for, fill in the blank. I know I've said stuff like that. I know I've made statements like that plenty of times. And while I love the idea of opting out of adding more things to our plate that stress us out or don't bring us joy or just don't interest us enough, I also think sometimes those kinds of statements can turn into beliefs that limit us. I'm thinking about all the times I've joked that I cannot cut in a straight line. So obviously sewing from a pattern is out for me. Is it? In today's episode, we're going to talk about the power of learning new skills, even skills we thought we couldn't learn. Now, this is not a way to add more pressure or to-dos to our lives. I definitely don't want us trying new things because we have anything to prove to anyone else, including the internet. But learning new skills is really good for us. And even when we're pretty sure these are things we'll never master or perfect, I believe that being open to trying new things can help us look at the world with more possibility creativity, and freedom. So I'm going to share a few things I'm willing to be really imperfect at as I learn. And one of those things is making a pie crust. So you're also going to get some tips on how to make a light and flaky pie crust today. Spoiler alert, those tips are not coming from me because this is not something I'm very skilled at yet. So cozy up with your favorite beverage and be ready to feel so inspired you can't help but dust off that rolling pin or those scissors. It's time for this episode of The Tea's Made. Hi friends, you're listening to The Tease Made, and I'm so glad you're here. I'm Megan Francis, a writer, mom of five, and a lover of books, walks in the forest, cozy blankets, and of course, steaming cups of tea. This podcast is your chance to step out of the busyness of everyday life and find some calm and connection with cozy conversations about everything from natural wellness and self-care to creating comforting rituals and routines in your home and family life. And of course, we'll talk a little bit about beverages as well, including my very favorite beverage, tea. So take a moment to pour a cup of your favorite drink and pull up a chair. The tea's made, and I'm so glad you're here with me. Hello, hello. Happy Thanksgiving if you're listening right when this drops. I hope you are enjoying your day. Maybe you're up early listening to this before you start getting ready for guests or while you're getting your turkey in the oven, or maybe you're listening later in the day or a few days later after all this busyness has passed. If that's the case, I really hope you're curled up with a comforting cup of tea and maybe a slice of pie. We'll be talking more about pie in just a few minutes, but first I want to share what I'm drinking right now. Okay, so one of my favorite tea companies is Smith Tea. It's a great place to experiment with teas maybe you haven't tried before because I think they do really interesting things with their flavors without adding sugar or artificial flavoring, which I have definitely seen from some tea companies that seem to specialize in having a lot of different flavors. Uh, Smith teas, at least the ones I've tasted, do not, but they do really interesting blends. And today it's morning while I'm recording this, and I am drinking the number 25 morning light. So it is a black tea, but it's got some really interesting flavors happening. Sometimes I've noticed holiday themed or holiday flavored teas are really kind of in your face with the flavoring. And this one really isn't. Um, It's got just a really subtle fruity flavor to it and a really subtle cinnamon flavor. But first and foremost, it is a blend of black teas. And then there's just a hint of other sort of Christmas inspired flavors in there. I got a three and a half ounce tin of it. I really like the way their tins look. They sort of look a little bit like an antique um, apothecary tin or something. 
And then there's just like a stripe of color. So it's kind of a subtle look that I really like. And I think that this tin will probably last me through the holiday. A few ounces of loose leaf tea will really go a long way. So that is the number 25 morning light from Smith Tea. And I will link that up in the show notes. So let's talk about pie crust for a minute. And we'll use that as a jumping off point for a larger conversation about trying new things. I tried to make a pie crust decades ago. I followed a printed recipe that is not a good way for me to learn any new technique. I'm just not great at following recipes. I have to refer to them over and over and over. And I feel like I often miss some crucial step or like I jump ahead. Just not a great way for me to learn. I think the other thing that can be tricky about recipes and I is I don't have a lot of patience. So I dug my measuring cup into the flour and then I was smushing the dough with my hands as I was cutting in the butter. And then I rolled the crust. I rolled it and rolled it and rolled it. And then when it didn't seem big enough, I stretched it with my hands. So if you know anything about making pie crusts, you're probably cringing right now. And it's no surprise that I did not wind up with the flaky and light, delightful crust I had hoped for. It was kind of like a brick and it shrunk. So the filling all spilled over the sides. And, you know, that was kind of it for me. I threw in the towel after I believe it was just one attempt. I thought, well, that is not worth the effort. It's not worth the learning curve. I can never learn this. And I just started using store-bought, which, you know, store-bought does serve a purpose. It gets the job done. And I'm not criticizing that or slamming myself for having leaned on Pillsbury. But, you know, it's always kind of nagged me that it's something that seemed so simple that it just seemed like I couldn't do. So the other day I got to sit in on a pie crust class at my private community, the Tea Circle. Kirsten Morello, she's also a member of the group, led us in a live class. And of course, if you don't already know this, as you're going to hear in a few minutes when I share an excerpt from that class, every single thing I just described having done with my first pie crust is not the way you want to do it. But the crazy thing was while Kirsten was demonstrating for the first time it sunk in, like this is how it's done. I had read those recipes before. I'd read magazine articles. Um, I've probably even watched a tutorial here and there, but it had just never really sunk in. So we're going to listen to about 10 minutes of the class where Kirsten is describing a few of the essential steps to making a pie crust. But first, I want to share why I think the information really stuck, because I think this can be key to figuring out how to learn new skills. So first of all, the lesson came in the right format. As I've said, I don't learn well by reading recipes. I don't learn at all from Instagram reels. I mean, I like to believe I'm acquiring skills in those like 30 seconds of content, but it's not the same as learning. A live demo is a lot more effective for me and especially a detailed up close one where I can ask questions. Being able to ask questions keeps me engaged. I always have a lot of them. And so it was really valuable to be able to do that with Kirsten live. Another thing is the lesson came at the right time. 20 years ago, when I tried to make a pie crust, I had little kids literally crawling all over me. I didn't have any privacy. I had very little personal space and I had very little patience. So it's not really surprising that my first attempt was a fail. And then that was kind of it for me that I just tapped out. But, you know, the way things were isn't the way they'll always be. And if you are still in the season where you have young kids, you might not be there just yet. I'll say for myself, as time has opened up in my life, I don't have to fight so hard for every moment of peace, every moment of privacy. And because of that, I've become more patient and I'm more willing and able to put in the time to learn something the slow and steady way. And that's usually the best way. 
The third thing is I came to the learning opportunity this time with the right mindset. And I think this is really key. As a younger mom, I had goals of homemaking perfection. In my mind, it was all tied up with parenting well, kind of proving my worth. So a so-so result felt kind of unacceptable, and it led to me just giving up on a lot of skills I might have been able to learn over time. These days, I don't really care if I make a perfect pie crust. I just want to get my hands or my fork on the dough and see what happens. So as we're rolling into the holiday season, it might have already happened. It is Thanksgiving as you're listening to this. I'm definitely seeing an imperfect made by my hands pie in my future. And that's not because I have to do it. It's not because I expect to become a pastry chef or enter my pie into a contest or even put it on the internet. But it's just because I like pie and it looks like fun and I want to give it a shot. And I think that's a good enough reason to try anything, whether it's the first time or the hundredth. Okay, friends, you have already heard me talk about my new Uptown Loafers from our sponsor, Vionic. I love these versatile, classic, and comfy slip-on shoes, and the Uptown Loafer is part of the Vionic Vitals collection, which is what I want to tell you about today. Vionic Vitals contains some of Vionic's most versatile daily styles. So if you've been curious about Vionic but are overwhelmed by all the choices, start with the Vitals collection first. The Willow Flat was my very first Vionic style, and I have been in love with it for years. I'm also eyeballing the Chardonnay Heeled Sandal for summer date nights. Like all of Vionic's footwear, the shoes in the Vionic Vitals line are super comfortable, stable, and supportive with Vionic's exclusive Viomotion technology. Go to vionicshoes.com vitals to find the Vitals collection and use the code TEASMADE at checkout for 15% off your entire order, plus free shipping when you log into your account. That code is good for a one-time use only, so be sure to make the most of it. That's TEASMADE, T-E-A-S-M-A-D-E, for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com. Okay, you're in for a treat. For the next several minutes, you're going to hear the audio of Kirsten Morello sharing her pie-making wisdom with the T-Circle community as part of our Friendsgiving celebration. So what you're going to hear right now isn't the whole class, but it's a pretty big chunk of the process. And in it, Kirsten shares some helpful tactics that will help you make a lighter and fluffier crust. So let's listen to that now. So we are going to make a pie crust. Some people call it a pie pastry. And the first step is sifting the flour. And measuring flour seems like a pretty simple thing, but this is one of the key steps that I think makes a difference in a good pie crust. You do want to be careful because you don't want to pack it in. So for a double pie crust, and it's a deep dish, so I'm going to use three cups of flour. So I already put one in my bowl. And so what I recommend is that you don't take your cup and dig it into the flour. Instead, you want to take a spoon, it's just like a regular soup spoon, and sort of shake it over there so that it's kind of light and fluffy. You do not want to pack it down. And then you just get a butter knife from your kitchen. And so you can see this doesn't go quite to the edges. So I heaped it up a little bit. And then you're going to make sure the butter knife touches both sides of the cup and kind of push and pull so you get to all the edges of the cup. Right. And then it's perfectly flat, but it's not pushed down in there. Dump that in. So we can do that one more. 
and we'll have a total of three. But again, if you're making a single crust, it's one and a half. And if you're not making a deep dish, you don't even have to quite double it, but we're not gonna, we're not gonna get into that. Okay, so three cups of thick. Then the next thing is to add the shortening. And I do use Crisco. You can use lard. Some people do use butter. I have never made pie crust with butter. Some people swear by it, but I feel like it makes it, it's just a little tougher to work with that kind of dough. So Crisco is kind of gross, but that is what I recommend using for this. So for a double pie crust, I need a cup. And so I pre-measured this, but you can see it's just, this is packed down. You want a full cup and then you're just going to put that in. Okay, so then what you need is your pastry cutter or pastry blender. You're just going to cut the shortening into the flour. It takes a little while because you want to do it until they're like small pea-sized little pieces. So no big clumps of flour. It's a little tough when you start because the shortening just wants to stick to the pastry thing. So you just keep pushing it around like this over and over and over. And you can see maybe that in the beginning you get some fatter clumps, like some big clumps, and you do not want those. You're just going to keep pressing them down until they're small, like a little pea size. And then if you still have shortening that's sticking to your pastry blender, you can use a knife for that. To get that off, you don't want to use your finger. There are a couple keys, I think, to a good pie crust. And one is what we already did, the flour, making sure that you, you keep it light and fluffy and you don't push it down in that cup. The second is that you don't touch the dough very often. So even at this stage, if your Crisco is sticking, don't reach in there with your finger. Instead, you're just gonna take like a regular butter knife, scrape it off, and then you're gonna go back, same thing, cut that in. This takes a little bit, but it is a critical component. There's no big, big fluffy pieces of um, flour in here that haven't been touched by shortening, right? So you want it all, all touching basically. Okay, the next step after this is that we're going to add water and you add it one tablespoon at a time. So some people will have like a bowl of water with ice in it. They really, really cold. I don't do that. I don't think it hurts. It's great if you want to take the time to do that, but I don't think it makes a huge difference. So I just get it from the tap and I'm going to show you after each one you put in, then, then you shake the dough for a bit. So I will show you how we do that. So one, and then you shake your bowl. Okay, so you're shaking after each one. So that's three tablespoons. And you can see how it's starting to get balls of dough in there, right? So the goal is by the end, it's gonna be like one big ball. Now it doesn't just magically have like, you do that and it does, but some will stick a little bit. So we'll deal with that when it happens. So when I put the water in, I'm gonna put it on this part here that's not the big clumps. So that that will clump. And I think it's tempting when you're doing this to add more than one at a time, but don't, don't do it. Don't come to that temptation. This still has a few loose pieces. When this is sticking, I didn't reach in here with my hand and, and get it. I got the fork because you do not want to touch this dough. It's not like bread where you're going to knead it. With a pie crust, you want to touch it as little as possible. So that's why we're just shaking it like this like a workout right now. And 
Then I'm going to use the fork. Let me show you. Use the forks to go around the edges. Make sure there's not a lot of random flour in there. And now I'm going to use my hands. Okay. Now I'm just basically getting it into one big piece of dough. All right. So you're getting any of the loose pieces and you want it to be a little bit sticky. Okay. So that's sort of how you know. I didn't use 14 tablespoons of water because then it would have been super sticky. You don't want that. You want it a little bit sticky just so it holds together. And then we're going to roll out the bottom piece. Okay. Then I have this little thing that I keep flour in. You know, it has a mesh top and shake that out. But you could just take a handful of flour and throw it on your counter. If you don't have one of these little mesh things and you want one, you can get them just about anywhere. Okay. I'm going to spread that out. And basically, this is just so that the crust doesn't stick too much to your counter. Okay. This is not official. This is just my preference. Some people don't like it because it's adding a little flour to the dough, but I like to flip it because I just feel like it's less sticky then. And then I'm going to grab my rolling pin. There are lots of different kinds of rolling pins. I like this kind with the stationary ends and then this part rolls. I just think it's easier to use for me, but and whatever kind you like will work. All right. So then what you do is you start from the middle and you push out. Okay. And you want it to be a circle. So you're going to go like north, south, east, west, but then also on the diagonal just to kind of keep it as round as you can. It's not going to be perfect. And that's totally fine. You do want to keep pulling like this until it's it gets fairly thin. It's about, I'd say, a little more than an eighth of an inch thick. And so what that means is that sometimes it will tear as we put it into the pan or especially on the top, like when we're putting it over. And that is not a big deal. That happens, but super easy to repair and not uncommon. The other thing is it matters what kind of dish you're using. So mine's pretty big, but that's because I'm doing a deep dish apple pie and you don't want to stretch the dough when you're putting it into your pan, because if you do, then it's going to shrink in the oven and you don't want that. So whatever pan you're using, you're going to make sure that the pie crust is wider, but now you don't want it to be the circumference of the pie plate because then it's not going to take into account the depth. So usually if you're just using a regular pie plate, it's about an inch over, I'd say, an inch beyond that. Because this one's so deep, that's why I made it bigger. Okay, so what we're going to do next is lift this up and put it into the pie plate. So I'm going to use a regular old, I like a plastic spatula for this because I think it's easy for the dough, but you can use anything you have. So you just start, it's sort of like if you do cutout cookies, you know how it can stick a little bit even when you put the flour down. So I just use this to loosen it up. I go all around the edges. And then once I get it loosened, I'm going to fold it. Um, I'm going to fold it in half and then in half again. And it did tear, <clears throat> tear right there. And there's a little here. So if you have a rip on the side like this, you put them together, kind of pinch them that way, and then take a little bit of water sort of like glue it together and then just take a little finger of this flour you have right there and you can do the same thing even after you get it into the pie plate so I'm gonna fold that in half you can see that right 
And then I'm going to fold it this way. Let me make sure I get this loose so it doesn't completely tear when I pick it up. So again, you don't have to be nervous about that stuff. It's going to taste good no matter. All right, so then you put it on half of the pie plate. And then you take this and fold it out. Again, you want to be careful. Don't stretch it. And also account for the depth. So give it plenty of room down in there so that it doesn't shrink. Okay, I'm just repairing these little tears with a little pinch. So again, no reason to be stressed about that. Like, just happens, no big deal. And there you go. Okay, so the bottom is in. Now, if you are making a single cross pie, that part is done. Okay, friends, I know that sometimes if you're trying to learn a hands-on skill, only listening can leave a lot to be desired. And if you're interested in more of that pie demo, the tutorial was amazing and so helpful. And I've got a couple options for you if you want to access more of it. So paid subscribers of my Substack can get access to an edited 23 minute long video showing Kirsten making a double crust apple pie. It also includes her recipe and supply list. And you can find that at meganfrancis.substack.com. That's M-E-A-G-A-N-F-R-A-N-C-I-S.substack.com. I'll also include a link in the show notes for this episode. And then members of the T-Circle community actually get the entire 45 minute video including a Q&A with the community members um, where we asked a lot of questions. And Kirsten also included an additional tutorial on how to make a yummy cinnamon roll dessert from the pie crust scraps. So that is for members of the Tea Circle only. And if you join, you'll also be able to attend regular live events like this one in the future. And it's such a great community. It's a group of thoughtful and creative and smart women in a private, safe, and social media-free space. So you can find that at bit.ly slash tcircle. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash tcircle. And I'll link that up in the show notes as well. Okay, friends, I got my pair of Uptown Loafers from our sponsor, Vionic, and I just had to tell you about them. They're cute and classic and really lightweight, and they do actually pack flat. I am definitely going to be taking these on all my spring travels, and I can see myself wearing them with everything from jeans and trousers to dresses and maybe a little later on shorts. I got them in camel leather, but they come in 12 different colors. The Uptown Loafer is part of the Vionic Vitals collection, which features some of their most versatile daily styles. And of course, you know you can count on your Vionics to be super comfortable, stable, and supportive. Use code TEASMADE at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That code's good for a one-time use only at vionicshoes.com, and again, you're going to get 15% off your entire order. I'll also have a link to that offer on my shop page, and you can find that in the show notes. Again, the code is TEASMADE, T-E-A-S-M-A-D-E, at Vionicshoes.com. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Okay, so I don't usually do journaling exercises in this podcast, or at least I haven't yet, but maybe I should start. But today, I actually thought it might be nice to take a few minutes to do a little exercise where we think about learning a new skill. Now, if you're driving right now or, I don't know, like making a pie crust or something, no worries. Just keep listening. But maybe later, you'll want to go back and listen to this part again with a notebook and pen in your hand. 
And if you are sitting at home and you have a pen and some paper handy, why don't you grab them? So I want you to think about something you don't believe you're good at. Or maybe you don't even think you can do it. Maybe you've never tried this thing. Maybe when you were young, someone told you you probably wouldn't be good at it. Or maybe you just got the idea that this thing is not in your wheelhouse. It's also possible that you tried it once or twice and it didn't go the way you'd hoped, so you gave up. Either way, this is something that some small part of you has always wanted to give a go or another go, but you really just don't feel like this thing is for you. Take a minute to think about what that thing might be and why or where you got the idea that you couldn't do it. So if you have a pen and paper handy, just take a moment to jot down what you can remember or you can just think about this. What is the thing you feel like you can't do and where did you get that idea? Okay, now I want you to think about the person you are right now and the reality of your life in this moment. What is different in your life now from what it was like when you got the idea that you couldn't do whatever this thing is? What's different? Maybe you have a little more money to spend for a lesson or some resource, or maybe you have more time or space to work with, or maybe you've built up some other adjacent skills that could help you learn this thing. Or maybe you just don't care as much this time around at getting it perfect. You just want to try. So think about what's changed and what possibilities those changes open up. Okay, one more question. And I really like asking myself this because I think it's a great confidence booster. I want you to think about something you know how to do that a lot of other people might find difficult. Maybe even something you once found difficult, but now you feel pretty good about doing it. What is that thing? How did you learn how to do it? And why do you think it feels so doable for you? Okay, friends, I have so enjoyed spending some time with you today, and I hope this conversation has gotten you thinking about how to allow yourself to be a little surprised by what you're actually capable of. Maybe your future holds making a pie crust, or maybe it's something else, but either way, I'd love to hear about it. You can email me at meganfrancis at gmail.com or come find me at Instagram at meganfrancis. That's M-E-A-G-A-N-F-R-A-N-C-I-S. I would love to connect with you. If you're enjoying the Teas Made podcast, I would love for you to check out my blog, which is also called The Teas Made. We're doing something called the So Slow Book Club, where I'm writing about the same book all year long, and I'm writing regular essays on everything from sending kids to college to why and what I'm loving creating in the kitchen these days. When you subscribe for free, you'll get my posts in your email inbox, or you can jump in on the conversation over at my page. I also have some optional goodies for paid subscribers that you're going to want to check out too. Spring is here and I have a long list of topics I'm planning to cover. Everything from updated skincare recommendations to some recipes for fun spring-themed beverages. Come join the conversation about connection and creativity at theteasmade.com.